issue of Art Monthly, 2012, issue number 358. Now, I'm also joined in the studio um, by Maria Walsh, and Maria is a writer and teacher at Chelsea School of Art and has a book entitled Art and Psychoanalysis to be published at the end of 2012 by I.B. Taurus publications i believe yes that's is that right, right. hello yes. hello hello, hello. Um, and on the line the phone line we are joined by cherry smith i think it's smith it's got a y in it is it smythe or no, smith? It's smith it's smith it's smith and you're a critic and a poet aren't you that's right and um you also have a book recently published um it's your third poetry book no it can't be just your third is it a th- third in a series is that right cherry <laughs> no it's my third it's your third called test orange by pin drop press so for listeners who want to read more by these writers, um, that's what you could do. Um, basically, you've both written two pieces each in the July-August issue, um, and they're reviews, and we're going to see if we talk about all four, but we're going to start by talking about um, Maria's review of two Joe Spence exhibitions, which are in London, and uh, the first was at um, Space... That's in Hackley, am I right? Yes, that's right, yeah. And in fact, it's uh, still on until this weekend, so um, if any listeners out there... Yes, yeah, so if, you're, if you are listening... To get to so it. on Friday the 13th, you would still be able to go and see it until the... Sunday, I think. Sunday, 15th, yes. And the other one is on at Studio Voltaire in South London, near Clapham, uh, Common, I believe, and it's on till the 11th of August, so quite a bit of time on that one. Um, but, but, Maria, um, going through your review... Um, you start, I think, talking about the space uh, exhibition, don't you? Yeah, well, I suppose I start really by just saying how um, Joe Spencer's work, while it's iconic in kind of feminist uh, art practice and history of, it hasn't really been seen very much um, in Britain in, in recent years, really, since, um, well, I suppose since the la- for the last... 19 years really so uh so that's what i kind of start with and then yeah i i go through the kind of space exhibition yeah but, um, but just before we go joe spence just for people because not everyone will know mm. her at all i mean when did she make the work they're exhibiting um well is it over quite a long period <laughs> a, of time it, yeah it was well in the uh 70s um and um 80s and she died in uh, I think 1992. Yeah. I think I've written in the review. So uh, 20. This is the 20. It's 20 years since her death, really. Yes. Um, and the work was made over a kind of a 20-year period. Um, so yeah, that would be the 70s, 80s, and and, and you say it hasn't been shown quite a long time. And in your review, you, you say it, it would not have sat easily with postmodern trends. I mean, that, are you suggesting that it's not been exhibited much? What's the what's the what's the reason you're? Well, I don't really know. Um, what, you know, I'm sure, as I say in my review, the reasons could be all kinds of reasons. But I was just thinking about well, looking at this work again. I mean, you know, I'm just familiar with some images that are kind of iconic and get do get published quite a bit in. Uh, kind of anthologies of uh, you know women's art practice, particularly the um, uh, the therapy, the co-counselling work with Rosie Martin, um, particularly that. But 
Then looking, you know, as these two exhibitions, they're uh, together they compile a retrospective. So looking back over it, I was asking myself, well, look, there's lots of uh, things going on here um, in this work that other artists who are inter more internationally well-known, like I mentioned Cindy Sherman, for instance, um, who is always being, um, you know, uh, referred to, spoken about, um, exhibited. And, you know, why is this work then not seen um, in that kind of context as well? Because Spence was working both in and outside the uh, gallery system. I mean, as I say in my review, she had um, an ambiguous or an odd relation with the gallery. On the one hand, you know, she was kind of deconstructing it as a space because her interests were more in educate using it as an educational space but that is not at the expense of like curating work you know so um and then um yeah so she's in the gallery but also most uh, there's a lot of work that we don't see in these exhibitions that are to do with like workshops and other things that she was involved with um other collaborations and working with different um groups and uh different groups, really, outside of uh, a gallery system. Do you say she started as a photographer of, of, of events or, 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 I mean, uh, as a recorder of, I mean, you know, actions or things going on outside, which might not have been art? Is that right? Well, she started actually just as a commercial photographer doing weddings and oh, really? usual stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And in fact, I mean, that's w uh, one of the things about the space exhibition. I did feel that they they just, they some of her early work, uh, these, you know, early um uh, prints are shown uh, from her, you know, there's, she did family portraits, uh, uh, she did a lot of portraits of um, actors and actresses, models for their portfolios as well. Um, so some of that work is shown, but it's shown, it's just shown literally on display without really um, the much more interesting commentary on that work that she makes in the book, Putting Myself in the Picture. Um, which wouldn't have to be, which isn't laboured at all, like the way that she discusses that, or just even, you know, you're shown some of the images um, of one particular actor, but you don't know who he is in the show. You don't know that he is this particular actor um, with a particular name, which you do in the book, uh, putting myself in the picture, which isn't, which is separate from the exhibition that was published in 1985. So, which she would have had quite a lot to do with. Well, she, yeah, she brought out that to kind of, yeah, she's written the whole thing, disseminating her work. So I did find it a bit at the beginning of the show, as you walk in, you've got these early works, and then she moved from more commercial work to doing these um, photo work, uh, workshops. Um, and in, I think they evolved out of, uh, she was w taking, she was collaborating with uh, Terry Dennett, who was uh, um, someone who she worked with for a large part of her uh, working life. Um, and they were taking images, photographs of um, traveling uh, communities, um, particularly one in, in West London, but some others as well. So those photographs were also displayed. But I kind of felt they needed a bit more of Spencer's narrative to ease one's way in to the evolution of her practice, really. They were, for me, displayed like um, yeah items in an archive, but without 
some I felt I needed extra information and I only found them really interesting when I actually started reading the book in her own lifetime do you think if they were shown that she would have wanted to have captions with them or were they were, do, you, do you know if they were um I don't know about I think that well I know that in the um uh, the work that she did as part of the uh, Hackney Flashers uh, Collective, which is also on show, um, they had a number of exhibitions, like uh, a famous one, Who's Holding the Baby, and another one whose name just escapes me now, but there are snippets of those as well on show. And I think um, there would have just... I don't know exactly how it would have been shown... What we're given is kind of in, in the space exhibition are glimpses of how it might have been shown. But, for instance, the um, the, collect- the Hackney Flashes Collective, apparently there was like over 200 photographs taken. So that, you know, it, it's hard to follow the selection in the exhibition and to think about how does that relate to the 200 others. There's also a slideshow from um, Who's Holding the Baby, which was using some of those photographs and also media images of uh, women, in how, how women are used to advertise products and putting that in, in conjunction with issues to do with childcare um, and women's daily lives contrasting in a kind of a... Well, she does refer to Bertolt Brecht quite a bit. Um, these ideas of sort of montage and... Uh, Uh, putting images together to create a kind of a disjunction between them. So that's there as well. But I just felt that um, I'd like to have seen more of them or more of a con- more of a narrative really so it wasn't necessarily lack of space at space it was partly that but part they couldn't show more but part, partly also just it needed a bit more you needed a bit more assistance as it were i felt so yeah yeah, yeah. I, and i i really um got in you know her her own writing is very succinct and um like there, there is you know it was nice that they had on the wall they did do the um the photography, the summary of the photo workshop aims, um, and that did give some context to um, this work that she did as part of the Hackney Flashes Collective, um, and other work that we you know we don't see, which her educational work with uh, Terry Dennett at yeah. this time. And, and, but then you you presumably went down to South London and you saw it at the um, Studio Voltaire space, yeah. and there was a, a different feel there or same sort of situation carrying on well they the both exhibitions are laid out in the same way um in the sense that there is um you know you you know there's the use of the wall space you have your uh map and you try to map that to the uh images that are hanging on the wall and then um both uh spaces then in the center have uh, a round table with some chairs, uh, books are on the table, that's supposed to be a study uh, study area. Uh, and next to that, there's in both spaces, there's a vitrine with um, some paraphernalia. Like in space, there was uh, some spare rib magazines. And in, um, in Studio Voltaire, there were uh, a couple of her scrapbooks in the vitrine. And then um, in framing those, the vitrine and the round table, there were two, in both spaces, uh, two uh, display um, boards and a lot of the more um, sort of snapshot and um, 
uh, collage, uh, processual nature of the work is exhibited there in the uh, Studio Voltaire exhibition. And in the space exhibition, what they'd, they'd exhibited uh, a lot of photocopies of um, some of the uh, Mare um, Street nursery, which had to do with the Hackney Flashers Collective. They were working with um, the Mare Street uh, nursery. Uh, that was there a problem with those? Did you feel I did because they were a photo. They, it was a photocopy of of their aims and objectives. It was a booklet, and I didn't see why the booklet couldn't have been there or if they were going to photocopy, they could have made it bigger. I mean, this might sound petty, but really, in a, I do feel like you're standing there and, you, you know, you're looking at, um, I think they were A5, actually. They were very small photocopies. So it was hard to read them. So you're thinking, well, they're not to be looked at because there isn't really anything to look at. And it's hard to actually read them. So why do it? So, you know, it's interesting information. And, you know, it is interesting, this idea of how these women got together to, you know, do it for themselves, if you like, in um, uh, 1970-something. Maybe it was around 78 or 9. Oh, 78, yeah. Um, That, you know, they set up this uh, nursery and they made out, you know, their whole kind of... uh, manifesto and a uh, set of aims and objectives and things but um so it's interesting material but i just found it hard to consume it really it, it, but in, in the south london show they, they actually had the, the the bbc arena documentary um putting ourselves in the picture which you said you found quite helpful i did uh, because it it was sort of sometimes you said you were looking at some of the pictures on the wall they'd actually be in the film and yeah more and explanation was given and and that film is like it's mostly joy uh, <laughs> joe spencer's uh, voiceover so it's like she's guy even though it's you know it, it's um it's not actually meant as a guide per se but it's it's almost like she's gently guiding you through the exhibition because sometimes you're looking at something that she's actually talking about in the film uh, sometimes you're not but there is this sense that you can dip in and out of her words which are I think really enliven a lot of the because the process is really key rather than the product really yeah I mean I, I, I've had a book of about Joe Spence for years which which and the words the text and image combination for me works has always worked very well and i've always wondered how would it work if you just isolate this photograph but you mentioned one photograph at the, near the end of your review um where she's standing over a grave mm. I mean, she did die of of cancer finally and, mm. and uh, that, that's a very sort of telling and sad sad image but she, she fought and used her art to 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 deal with this illness didn't she mm. um, and made work all about it which was very powerful really and, and it empowered her oh i think so and and i think I mean, as well, I th- something that she said, actually, I think, but it is some. It is the case. She, um, um, so I think I'm quoting her. But uh, um, it's only, uh, uh, I mean, it's only really maybe in recent years that we've been able to actually address, um, you know, feminist art practice of, of of artists who've put their illness on display in their work, like um, Hannah Wilkie, for instance, um, and. Joe Spence also that in in her when she was doing this work it wasn't acceptable um, and she said we don't really have a language to talk about this people don't want to see it they don't want to know and how um, I think oh yeah there was when she showed the first pictures I think in a gallery um, 
you know, just how people didn't want to talk to her and things like that. So, Cherry, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you've been very kind and keeping it <laughs> very quiet. You're on a phone line. It's a bit hard. We don't have eye contact in the studio as we might do. Can, can we try moving over to, to, to talk about your view? Mm-hmm. which is about Nancy Holt at Haunts of Venison in London, wasn't it? Now, there's no link, really, between Joe and Nancy, I don't, not that I'm aware of. I mean, photography and the use of it, and film, uh, which they both did, And but the, the time when Nat, Nancy Holt was making her work, that you write about, it was that was before uh, Joe, I think, probably, wasn't it? Yeah, well, she was making work from about 1967, and she was uh, the partner of Robert Smithson, so hung out with people like Walter de Maria, Michael Heiser. She was part of that whole movement to get out of the commercial gallery and go and do work in the desert. And, you know, you could see a link with Joe Spence in in the way that, you know, this is Nancy Holt's first UK exhibition, and for a lot of time, you know, her work hasn't been shown. And now that it's actually been uh, digitized, work is being seen for the first time. And I think it's quite interesting the way we've brought a land artist into the gallery, back into the gallery. Com- commercial gallery as well. Uh, yeah, and obviously things have changed hugely. And I think part of the problem with Joe Spencer's work, because I saw a few things in, in Documenta, was not only the lack of context, but there's something kind of inanimated about it as um, Maria was saying you know how do you bring that whole context and the minute you read you know Nancy Holt in brackets Robert Smithson the context is in a word but also she had a huge conceptual context behind her and for Joe she was creating a context whereas you know with with Nancy she for many many years she when Robert Smithson died she became his archivist and and continued to make work but took three years to make this piece, Sun Tunnels, set in the Utah desert. And uh, there's a beautiful sequence of 30 photos taken every half hour from sunrise to sunset called Sunlight in Sun Tunnels. And it's an exquisite piece, like a beautiful sundial. Um, Very elaborate, but very, very simple and conceptually fine. And in a way, because... She doesn't use the human body very often, and she's using signs and signifiers. So, in a way, it hasn't become as anachronistic as Spencer's work. Um, But, as I say, she came out of a much more established tradition. I I saw a film recently, actually, in Dusseldorf, which was by her, and it was of the sun going through or round or over one of the pipes and it was shot from the end looking into the pipe and then it was about it was about the shadow which which was it was kind of anachronistic in a way because it was quite poor quality but 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 it still was a lovely film yeah and And the fact you know she lined them up to to line up with the solstice the winter and summer solstice and then she pierced them with these holes in the shape of the constellations that are over that desert so it had so many layers and visual pleasure. And then I was thinking of people like Anthony McCall and Uta Bart. The, she, again, has a lot of resonances in her work um, that are still very interesting. Yeah. Uh, just out of interest, the, the digital photograph series that say the 30-piece one, are they actually... Is it new work, really, that's taken from the old film? I still... Or did she, do you know if she actually showed photographs of, like that previously and a lot of them were from slides that had never been printed okay so she took stills yeah they just haven't really been able to be exhibited before yes. and what interests me is you know why now who discovered this archive how did it come 
you know, to to be shown now. That's that's a very interesting. Yeah, but she, she's still alive, isn't she? Yes. She yeah. Is. So presumably, it's all done with her. You know, what's the word? Agreement. Yeah, permission. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And it's really interesting. I mean, looking like at that piece that was shot in Dartmoor called Trail Markers, and it's really looking at these orange dots on rocks and bits of gate posts and you know maria like me has probably followed the little yellow man around mm. ireland's walking trails and the the dots have gone but the walks are still there that the and i really love the way this links in with work by people like robert mcfarlane and you know just the richard long this whole tradition of marking the land and through habit and those those pieces are still very resonant and work very well, I think. I was quite interested that she she's American. Am I am I right? And That's she's, right. And she's, yeah. But she did make. She, they came with. She came with Switzerland, and and was in Britain making art, which I I didn't know that. Um, yeah, no, me neither. I didn't know. I wondered if it was a holiday a on Dartmoor. With, I think. Yeah, and maybe Dartington perhaps was connected to that. Okay. Trip. Interesting. Marie. Yeah, I th- well, I, I particularly like that piece, Trail Markers, actually, because I thought it was um, a, a sort of a... Um, I don't really want to use the word feminine, but I'm going to use it for... because we've only got... Uh, about five minutes. About five minutes. <laughs> um, just, you know, because that land art tradition is quite masculinist, mm-hmm. most of it, particularly, like, uh, the people you mentioned in, in your review, uh, Michael Heitzer and Walter de Maria. That was just such a gentle piece, I thought. Um, that trail markers, I really liked it. What? You know, the, the the feminine was coming into that world. Well, it was very and, little and making something without hardly touching the landscape. Yeah, little dabs. A, a very, yeah, just um, you know, very gentle. Um, Instead of moving lots of rocks or yeah, shift, you know, yeah, <laughs> shifting <laughs> land here and there and stuff. Um, yeah, as men do. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of them do anyway. I was also wondering about, um, I mean, there were some upstairs. I, I had actually seen this show before um, the Art Monthly uh, issue came out. And um, some of the pieces upstairs, there were maybe two images or three images in the uh, sort of series. But they seem to have been photographs from films. What, like the tree, there was a the tree. Trees. There was a tree. Do you, do you remember that one? or? Yeah, so ones of trees and also of footprints going up yeah, the sand Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yes, and I, I wondered if they fitted as well as the other things that were more complete sequences, like the cemeteries, which I yeah. thought were still incredibly resonant. Yeah. What were the cemetery ones? Were they, there was photographs of an actual cemetery? Yes, two series of cemeteries in, I think, California um, and um, maybe Utah, and really very harsh environments where the, the, the graves were being subsumed by the sand around them and just very bare markers left, a little li- line of roof tiles. or you know, It was quite, the pathos was very intense, and, mm. and it was interesting for me to discover that at the same time Smithson had been making these rocks in coffin-like shapes and putting them in galleries. So this idea of, you know, the what what makes a form, what makes a, a piece of art, what what draws your eye to it, why does it stay there? And I think she had uh, she has a really interesting um, use of form in a very delicate way, as Maria says. I mean, the, the, I, I, the, the pipes that she she filmed and photographed. I mean, that that's a incredibly, they've been a massive 
pipes, weren't they, made of concrete? I mean, Not you're talking about serious stuff, which I, I wonder if she just found them in the desert and rolled them into position, you know, didn't get permission and just did it. I, I don't know. But, but that's a very, that's incredibly difficult thing to do, mm. actually. But then to make such light work, mm. in the sense of that... Is, is is what I liked. The contrast, you know, between the the shadow and the, yeah. the light and the kind of heavy object that's, that she's using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the light and shadow drawings when mm-hmm. she was working in the studio, bending pieces of paper and shining lights on them, and just these muted tones of grey and half grey and and white. Uh, I just I thought they were exquisite and much more sort of painterly as well. It, it does contrast hugely with Joe Spence's approach, the, 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 her approach. Do, do you think? I mean, I, I, I somehow feel there is a sensitivity in a, to both of these artists, but they produce and their con, their subject matter, if you could use that word, is is just so different. It's it's amazing how artists can be so. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing Joe's work when she was uh, still alive, and just being so surprised by the way she took the the female body, the fat female body, the female body with cancer and this had been you know very much cased in a state of objection and she made it a state of defiance and transformation and it was quite shocking to see i mean we might have seen hannah wilkie but she was famously beautiful and yeah it, it just it was a very kind of i felt like this is a sort of very british defiant um feminist statement and you know some of the there's a piece i don't know if you remember it maria what it's called when she's lying naked in front of a car and not letting the car pass on the middle of the road it's a beautiful you know again you know i'm stronger than anything around me and i just remember finding them very as you say iconic there's one where there's one where there's a p- electric pylon yeah and she's in a landscape isn't she as well just lying in a sort of defiant way as well yeah oh yes figurative activist tradition versus mm. a conceptual you know more disengaged position probably yeah. but and all, but jo, joe's actually in the land which is, in, which is interesting isn't it yeah. i mean they, these photographs are taken outdoors uh, in, in a space w- similar, really, to, to possibly, anyway, you, you could say, to, to that where Nancy worked. I mean, but just a completely different kind of photograph. Yes, and the only, um, I think some of the only figures that we saw in that show were Nancy filming Joan Jonas, who was a filmmaker walking up a hill with a camera. So again, it was the, you know, not just being a subject, but being a female subject with yes. a camera. Yes, well, that, 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 that connects it, doesn't it? That mm. connects a bit. Mm. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I, I, I think the more you do look at people, you you can make links across between works that you would first think, oh, that's nothing to do with it. But I, I, we're not stretching a point, I don't feel, but uh, it, it, I, I must have a, a better look at them both. Listen, um, we're near the end of the, t- near the, the programme, and uh, unless either of you have a strong point you'd like to make and insist upon it before I close, <laughs> I would like to say uh, thank you both very much. Did you want to say something else, Marie? Well, I mean, we are at the end of the programme, but maybe, um, maybe just to uh, flag the um, interest, I think, renewed interest in uh, feminist um, or uh, f- different feminisms um, and maybe, you know, these exhibitions we haven't seen much of this work uh, recently and there's a kind of maybe a retrieval of other traditions of working and there's certainly um you know with a uh, newer generation of, yeah. of women artists but you, you also review emily roysden don't you uh, which is a performance yeah. piece um, which, yeah. which certainly alludes to sexuality and, and empowerment doesn't it 
and uh, the notion of of uh, a kind of activism, but in a in a well in a different way, in a kind of a post post modern way. <laughs> <laughs> but re- re- looking, I think people are looking back a lot to the seventies now. Generally, the newer generation, uh, current generation, but not just a conceptual art. No, which not is, at which all. Because that's what they ha- and, also do. And I think that, that those tr- those distinctions are not that don't have the same value uh, for uh, you know newer generations of artists. They they don't really don't make that same kind of uh, hard line separation that the kind of you know uh, classic history of art did. So I think that they're breaking. They're not really so much of an issue, or as much of an issue, or they're differently thought about. Yeah. No. I think the interesting thing would be to see Emily work with Joe's images and change this whole thing about the static display. Mm. And, you know, she had two million hits on her side with this performance. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> how do you bring the new generation of feminists into this work and anim- animate the work for them? That yes. would be really yeah. interesting to see some yeah. sort of collaborative piece which revives these things, but in a dynamic way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you both very much. And um, it's a privilege to hear you both talking. And, um... Just before we close, I want to say to listeners that you can subscribe to Art Monthly. If you go to the website, there's a special button you can click on, and there is a special offer for resonance listeners. I think it's about 30%, and thank you ever so much for listening. Uh, There will be another show based on this issue as well, because it's a double two-month issue, and it will be broadcast on the second Friday of August. Thank you ever so much. Goodbye. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, Cherry. Bye. Thank you. Bye. (laughs)